welcome to mini episode 130 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have four spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 8th of June, 2021. And story number one comes from Chloe. The first incident happened when I was around seven years old. Me and my parents had moved into a new home. I believe the property was built in the 50s or 60s, but it's worth noting the lady who had lived there prior to us was elderly and had passed away inside the house in her sleep. It was around 2am and on a shelf in my new bedroom I had a toy Cinderella castle that if you pushed a button located on the front, music would play from the castle and the characters would spin around. This set off by itself. It awoke my mum who burst into my room to tell me off for playing with toys. Only when she opened the door, I was tucked up in bed shaking with fear. The second incident came when I was around 13. I was sitting in my living room. I had a friend over for dinner. My mum and dad were cooking in the kitchen. On the mantelpiece stood a small clock. A clock which was so irrelevant that no one would ever actually use it to check the time. So much so the batteries had run out some time before. This clock had an alarm feature that you could set by using the winder on the back and it would beep when the alarm time had reached. This particular evening at dead on 6pm the alarm sounded. No one had set it. My parents struggled to find a rational explanation. My dad grabbed the clock to stop the alarm only to find there were no batteries fitted. When I was around 14, my dad and I had gone away to visit family. My mum had stayed behind to care for our dog. She rang one night, extremely distressed that she had heard footsteps running across the hallway backwards and forwards. She had the bedroom door shut and was too afraid to open it. When I was 14 again, I was in my room at around 11.30pm, playing on my phone, texting, etc. After a while, I turned to try and get some sleep. It's worth noting that just before this I had filmed a part of my bedroom and when I watched the footage back there were orbs flying all around the camera. As I got comfy and closed my eyes about 20 seconds later I felt and heard someone whisper Chloe in my ear. I froze. I had my phone under my pillow and text my mum to come into my room right now. She did and there was nobody there. She stayed with me for the night for I was too scared to sleep alone. Around the same time period, my dog used to religiously sleep on the end of my bed. I'd keep my bedroom door open so she could come and go as she pleased. This one particular night, she stood up so fast, her hair was sticking up and she was staring into the dark hallway bedroom door growling. No matter what I did to try and get her attention, she wouldn't stop or take her eyes off whatever she could see. After a few minutes, she laid back down while staring into the hallway. She never slept in my bedroom again. This applied for another dog we got in the future. He too would never sleep in my room. A year later, I had two friends over for a sleepover. We were sitting in my room listening to music via my iPod on a docking station. We paused the music and went outside for a cigarette. When the music started playing from the docking station, only this time it was playing full blast. We ran in to turn it off so as not to get complaints from my neighbours. When we entered the room, we found the cord for my ceiling fan tapping against the light shade, as if someone had pulled it or brushed past it. We slept in the living room that night. That was the last incident in my house, apart from hating the feeling of being there alone and feeling watched, especially at night. 
Fast forward to the age of 21. I had a job in a bus garage as a mechanic. And this building is super old. 1800s era if not before. I always felt uneasy there. For it was so big and very dark and gloomy. One day I was working alongside my mentor. He was sat to the right of me. And we were facing each other having a conversation. When he saw and I felt my ponytail lift and then drop back down. He was looking over my shoulder in disbelief and asked if I had felt that. I said yes and he said I saw it but there was nobody there. This was not caused by a breeze or anything as we were far from the door and there were no windows. A few weeks later we were working under a bus. We had pits at this garage, long pits, so you were able to work the length of a bus from underneath. Again, I was with my mentor when out of the corner of my right eye I could see someone standing. I turned to look to see a man in uniform similar to an old school policeman. I asked my mentor if he could see the man and he said no and when I turned back he was gone. After this I looked up the history of the building. It turned out it was once used for a circus arena in the 1800s. There were still chains hanging from the walls and hooks in the floors for elephants and bears. After this, it was a tram station depot, which explained the railing on the roof and the unusual shape of the building, big enough for the length of a train and enough room for it to turn around. Upon research, I found some photos of a famous tram strike, and in one of the photos were men, believed to be tram drivers and conductors, wearing the same uniform as the man I had seen. After this, my mentor reported a feeling of being watched and followed around on night shifts, and recalled seeing the same man that I described. Around this same time, I began using an app called Sleep Talk, purely because I was curious about what I did when I slept. Only one morning, I played back the previous night's recording, only to hear whistling and humming. It was 2.30 in the morning. I sent the footage to my mentor, who via his laptop managed to increase the volume to make it clear. Both my parents deny whistling or singing at 2.30am. I immediately stopped using the app. I left the bus garage shortly after for other reasons and I haven't experienced anything since. I've also now left home and live with my fiancé. You will be very glad to know that Chloe sent the audio that she recorded so I'm going to play it now and you can see what you think of it. There's so much going on here with the electronics, the technology... Electronics, I don't know if electronics is the right word, but at least the technology in this house, there's so much going on that I would also be shitting myself, but I would be more shitting myself in that old depot if something tugged my hair or like picked up my hair and let it drop again. That gave me such heebie-jeebies even thinking about that if something lifted up my ponytail. That doesn't happen with the wind. You know, I don't have very much hair, but I can tell you that lifting your ponytail up And dropping it again does not happen with the wind. No way. How interesting though is it that in that depot there was that famous tram strike. It was the Battle of Lou's Road in case anybody wants to look it up. And that you saw one of those men who obviously his memory or his echo or whatever is still knocking around in that place. And story number two comes from Anonymous. Whatever is going on in my house is definitely centred around my parents' bedroom. No matter what, it always links back there. 
One of my first memories of living in that house is this strange and all-consuming fear we both had about going up the stairs. It didn't matter if it was in the middle of the day or the evening, it was always just unthinkably terrifying. My mum would ask me to go upstairs to fetch something or I would need to go up there to go to the toilet and I would be overwhelmed with fear to the point of tears. I can't explain why, but it was like this feeling that someone else or something else was up there with you, right behind you. I felt like I was on a time limit, rushing around to get to the toilet and get back downstairs before the end of my time ran out and whatever was up there would get me. Then my nightmares started. They were always the same. I had horrible dreams of a woman who lived in my parents' room, the room across from mine, who would stand by my parents' window and watch me. In these dreams, the old woman would dare me to do things, really awful things, and if I didn't do them, then I knew she would kill me. I was about six or seven when these dreams started, and very innocent for my age, so I don't know where these ideas came from. My nightmares got so bad that my mum eventually decided to do something. She showed me this old gold cross that she'd been keeping in her dressing table and told me that she and my dad had found it when they first moved into the house, under the floorboards in my sister's room. Neither me nor my sister are religious at all, and my parents aren't really either. But my mum put the cross on a ledge above my door and just like that, the nightmares ended. I never had them again. Years and years later, probably around 10 years later, my grandma, who also lived with us and is very religious, was listening to me and my sister tell her about these strange stories we had around the house. When I told her about the cross, she gave me another one and said she'd got it from a friend who actually visited and got it from Jerusalem. I didn't think anything of it and shortly after went up to the toilet. As I did, I noticed something shiny on the floor. It was the gold cross. The cross that for about 10 years had never fallen down or moved or anything. And I must note there were no windows open upstairs or downstairs. I had the strangest feeling as I put the cross back above the door and proceeded to give the other cross back to my grandma. The activity in the house always started whenever there were renovations in my sister's room. Footsteps in the attic, things that fell over or electronics playing up. Another of the more notable experiences is the time my sister and I watched my dad walk into his room. She had just come out of the bathroom and I was walking down the stairs and we both saw the shadow of my dad walking into his room. My sister called to him and he ignored her, walking straight into his room, which was odd because the lights were all off. Confused as to why he was ignoring her and finding it a little funny, I paused on the stairs while she followed him into the empty room to ask her question. She turned on the light, and of course the room was empty. I'd never run down those stairs so fast in my life. I have many more stories from this house, and I've never been anywhere since then that had this feeling of dread. As me and my sister got older, we are both now in our 20s. We still talk often about the strange occurrences in that house. But even to this day, neither one of us feels comfortable going to my parents' room. We have both discussed how it feels like this oppressive presence, even when the door is closed, which sounds silly. Whatever is in my parents' room, I don't think it's very friendly, and I will never forget the face of that woman from my nightmares. I often wonder if she really looks like that, or was just a manifestation of my fears. I never really want to talk about things like portals because I'm not exactly sure where I stand on them, and I don't want to come across as being really cynical, but stories like this where there's such 
an epicenter of all this strange stuff that's happening like you've got electronics you've got footsteps you've got seeing apparitions of people walking into rooms and you've got nightmares like all of that stuff is so interesting and it seems so varied that you do wonder maybe some places are just epicenters of bad stuff or maybe not bad stuff maybe bad stuff isn't the right phrase to use maybe they're just epicenters of paranormal stuff and that was why it got churned up when there was renovations going on when there was building work going on because they do often say paranormal experts that renovation work often causes a disturbance in the energy of a household and therefore kind of shakes up any paranormal activity that might possibly be hiding in the shadows who knows and story number three comes from Kara. My reason for loving the paranormal stems from the house that I grew up in. My town is located an hour north of New York City. It has a lot of history dating back to the Dutch settlers in the 1600s. My house itself was built in 1880 by a family that had ties to the original Dutch settlers. It is said that a revolutionary doctor lived and sometimes practiced in the house but I've yet to find proof other than some old bottles. My experiences started young. When I was a baby, the ceiling in my bedroom caved in. According to my mother, not a bit of plaster was in my crib, but huge chunks were around me on the ground. To this day, nobody can explain that. Then when I was little, I used to have panic attacks, and I can remember putting out my hand and feeling someone holding it as if to calm me down. I would also hear running through the hallways upstairs. I am the youngest of five and have four older brothers, so I always assumed it was them, until they all left for college and I could still hear it. One of the oddest things was when I was around seven. I was half asleep and imagined walking down the stairs and seeing this lady in front of a roll-top desk. She was short and plump and looked like a maid or something from the 1800s. She was working and didn't even notice me, but to this day I can remember her clothes. She had mostly grey and a white apron type thing, along with a little hat. When I was around 15, I saw a physical apparition of a lady standing between my bedroom and the room across the hall. She looked like the negative on a film strip, and I was like, nope, I am out of here. And one of the oddest things was when I came home from college and was up in the attic and heard a group of guys outside. I was thinking it was my brothers and their friends or kids from the neighbourhood, so I went down to see who it was and no one was there. My mother was outside working in the garden. I asked where the boys were. She asked what boys. She said nobody had walked by and I told her that a group of guys had just passed. She didn't hear them. And I said no, they were loud and they were out the front. And we were both a little spooked. Even my friends would have experiences that my family never did. I can remember sitting in the kitchen with my brothers and their friends and a group of them claiming to see a mist go from one room to the other. They got so freaked out that they left. Another time I had a group of friends stay over and they swore they saw someone come into the room we'd been sleeping in, bend down like it picked something up and walk out again. They were convinced it was my brother's friend. He was short for his age and they had been camping behind my grandparents' farm. When he came in the next day, they all asked him why he was trying to scare them. And he honestly was like, nope, it wasn't me. To the point where you could tell that he was just as confused as they were. 
He didn't even know most of them and was not the type to do stuff like that. Some of them refused to stay over after that. We used to have a college in our town back in the 1800s. A few years before my grandfather's cousin passed, I told him all my little ghost stories. He was not a believer in the paranormal, but he did love history. He thought if there were spirits, it may be that my house was used as housing for the students. The boys could be students and the women house mothers. One more odd fact about my house. My father is the treasurer of our county. When they were getting ready to sell the house, the realtor found out that one of the previous owners was also the treasurer of the county. Either way, I loved growing up there and it started my love for paranormal and history. I think they tend to go hand in hand. I definitely agree that the paranormal and history go hand in hand. Like, I'm not a history buff by any means at all. Never was. And I didn't have the concentration span for it at all. But what I do enjoy is when I do the research stories on a Sunday. I love getting into the research of a particular place or a folklore of a country, or if you've got a particular house and there's loads of history to it, like I love it. And I always end up going on little offshoots and reading different articles about different time periods in a particular place. And it is fascinating. And, you know, history tells us so much about ourselves now and how we got to where we are. And it is fascinating to have these villages and towns that are so steeped in history that seem to somehow echo all of the things that happened many, many years ago and seemingly like mundane things like a group of boys passing by or a housemaid going about her work. Like all of those things are pretty mundane, but yet they are somehow echoed throughout time. I remember speaking to the owner of Lep Castle, Sean Byrne, I think his name is, and speaking to him about one of the first times that he saw one of the ghosts in the castle who he believes was a nanny. And they got so used to seeing her that she became almost like, another member of the family or at least another person that lived in the household but they would just see her going about her daily chores she never interacted with them she never tried to scare them they never woke up to her like watching them sleep or anything like that she would just be bustling around the kitchen area and they'd see her like bending over stoking the fire and then she'd be gone so I think it does happen that you know you end up with people who've spent their whole lives somewhere or pivotal parts of their lives that just echo throughout time And story number four comes from Noelle. The summer my friends and I graduated high school, we spent the whole summer together trying to optimise time before a few of us moved away for college. I don't remember who brought it up, or how it even became an idea, but the four of us ended up with a Ouija board. We started off by bringing the board around to known haunted places outside the town that we lived in. Local cemeteries, and even outside of our high school, where we heard multiple stories from teachers and custodians about the place being haunted. After getting bored of the same few locations, my friend Taylin suggested we try and use it at her house. She had used the Ouija board previously with her sister, her younger brother and a few other friends a couple of years prior and told us the planchette moved before their fingers could even follow it. We all willingly agreed to go to her house and use the Ouija board in her dining room all four of us, and Taylin's sister joined the session. After the first question, is there anyone there, without hesitation the planchette moved from under our fingers to answer yes. We asked more generic questions that we had asked before and it would answer them. 
The whole time I had the creepiest feeling that this 10 foot tall being was standing behind me. I could not ignore how creepy this feeling was. I told my friends I had this really unsettling feeling and then while no one was speaking the planchette slowly started moving in a figure of eight pattern. Obviously we knew this wasn't good and for some reason I said show yourself. Everyone looked at me like Noel what the actual fuck and the planchette moved to goodbye. I couldn't explain why I said it. I don't even remember thinking about saying the phrase it just happened. After this ghost communicating session It was roughly midnight and we all decided to go home and I still had this creepy and unsettling feeling bothering me. While I was driving home I didn't put the music on. The feeling was bothering me and was triggering major anxiety and the sound was only going to make it worse. I took the back roads home in the dark and kept slamming on the brakes and swearing a person, an animal or an object would jump out or fly out in front of my car. The drive home took for fucking ever but once I was home, I was able to relieve some of my anxiety with distraction. My dad, my sister and my brother-in-law were still up and watching hockey highlights because the Stanley Cup playoffs were on and my family takes hockey seriously. I decided I didn't want to go to my room quite yet, so I stayed up to procrastinate so I didn't have to go into the basement. I was so shaken up from the Ouija board experience and the drive home that I was zoning out and thinking about how I had fucked up and I probably had a demon following me now. My dad paused the TV after he claimed that he heard someone walking around in the basement. In the worst way possible, during the absolute silence, no one upstairs was talking or even moving. Heavy footsteps started up the stairs and trailed off about halfway up the staircase. My dad thought it was my little sister, who had a boot on from a broken leg, but when he looked down the stairs, no one was there. Now, I've seen enough demonic movies to know that if you acknowledge it, shit is only going to get worse. So I decided to come up with some random lie about how I was bouncing my leg and that's what we all heard. Everyone in my family except for my mom and me are major skeptics, so they all shrugged it off and didn't think about it again. Shortly after that, I decided to bite the bullet and just go downstairs and go to bed. Thankfully, And oddly enough, it didn't take me long to fall asleep. This dream that I'm about to tell you has scarred me for the rest of my life. I will never forget this dream and I can't stress this enough. I cannot make this shit up. The dream started off in this giant ancient mansion in the middle of nowhere during a blizzard. I was a ghost in the mansion with a bunch of other ghosts. And I was showing off this new trick I learned where I could manipulate the flame of a candle to move or grow larger. Each ghost had their own candle and I was going around trying to teach them how to do this trick. Once the ghost party ended, all the other ghosts left. I was going around blowing out the flames of each candle. Even as a ghost, I still practiced fire safety. The last candle I had to blow out was on a table in front of this long, dark hall. I leaned over to blow it out, but instead of blowing out, the flame blew to the floor and created a fire trail all the way down the hall. At the end of the hall, the fire created an arch, and standing within the fire arch was a ten-foot-tall goat man. I remember this so vividly because I could feel my heart pounding in my chest. I stood at one end while the goat man stood at the other. He exhaled this black smoke from his nostrils that travelled all the way down the hall towards me and I inhaled the black smoke. 
I remember the smoke being so hot and burning. It burned my nose, my mouth, my throat and my lungs so bad. I woke up coughing and gasping for air like I was dying of smoke inhalation. A part of me thought there was a fire happening in my house and thankfully there wasn't. Faster than Usain Bolt, I jumped out of bed and turned my bedroom light on. There was nothing in my room and no fire elsewhere in the house. I grabbed my phone to check the time as if I was actually in motherfucking paranormal activity. It was 3.33am. Interpret this story how you want. I have no idea how to explain this. I do believe in demons, especially after this experience. I can confidently say that I am never going to mess around with another Ouija board ever again. Probably. We love a Ouija board PSA around here, but actually I don't think this story needs one because Noelle did her own Ouija board PSA, sort of, about saying that she's never going to play it again, but I don't know, I wasn't I wasn't very encouraged by the addition of probably at the end of it. So I did a Ouija board recently. Uh, I did it because I went to a seance in Pluckley. It's on our YouTube channel if you want to have a look at the video. And I did a, I did a, did a YouTube video. I did a seance and I wasn't overly blown away by it. Like I was pretty sceptical about the whole thing. However, in the beginning, our group leader did say if the Ouija board starts making a figure of eight or if it starts messing around with random letters and numbers, then you just really firmly move the planchette to goodbye, say that you're leaving the board and then leave. And uh, I honestly was a bit like, oh, that's a bit scary. What, how will I feel if it starts moving in a figure of eight? Well, like, will I get freaked out? It didn't, luckily, thankfully, because I think I would have just shit myself if that had happened. Noelle, if you play the Ouija board again, you need to let me know. You need to let me know how it goes if the goat man returns. If I had a dream like that and woke up and it was 3.33 and the goat man had been in my dreams and I had felt him when I was playing the Ouija board, I would not be best pleased, to be honest. I would be pretty freaked out. I would try and be hardcore about it, but I would be pretty freaked out. Thank you to Chloe, Anonymous, Cara and Noelle for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from the 8th of June 2021. If you want to know anything about Real Life Ghost Stories podcast, you can find out everything you need to know on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>